This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Grab it a coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and I'm coming to you live from the quarantine closet, deep underneath the historic Cosmic Potato Studios. Uh, joining me from safe distances, we have Rick. How's it going, sir? I don't have anything clever to say, I'm, uh, but I'm here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Mr. Joe Crow. I have lots of clever things to say. Hello! <laughs> hey, so, uh, when I did the, the live stream, I did a live stream earlier. I was just kind of testing some, some, uh, mic levels and camera stuff and lighting and all that kind of stuff. And, um, Alan commented and said, you mean Joe's going to miss WrestleMania? But they're not having WrestleMania, are they? Well, yes and no. They're, 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 they're at their studio in Florida, but they're not allowing people in. Oh. They're having empty arena matches. So they're having all the matches they would have had at the football stadium that they were going to have it in, but they're having it in a TV studio. So that way the storylines can continue. But every match just has weird echoes and, the wrestlers still sort of play to the crowd, like they go, yeah, but there's no crowd. There's no crowd. That's gonna, that's it, gonna seem so weird. It is weird. It is weird. So I'm of two minds about that. I'm, I'm, at least there's some people in like the crew are getting work, but they're yeah. also getting exposed. So see, see, that's, I mean, what, what I like about it is they're providing and, and entertainment for fans of this thing. So they, they're not postponing it. They're just saying, okay, here it is. Cause they have to do like, they have, they have like multiple shows every week. So they have like seven hours of live programming they have to do every week. Yeah, yeah. And they're continuing to do it. They're just doing it in a way that isn't very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. And WrestleMania is pay-per-view and it's not cheap. No. It's like 50, 60 bucks, isn't it? Something like that. So if you paid for it, uh, this year, whoo. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, and the, and the wrestlers themselves are fine with like, 
I mean, there is no social distancing when you're when you're wrestling with somebody. Right. <laughs> well, some of them aren't. They announced that um, some of them who who uh, just did, it was all voluntary. WrestleMania uh-huh. was this year. They did a news release that said if you didn't want to, if you don't want to be at WrestleMania, you don't have to be. And so some of them chose not to. Like there was there was one one wrestle one famous guy who was in the last Fast and Furious movie. He's the Rock's cousin, and he just um, recovered from leukemia. So he says, mm, "Oh wow, yeah, I need to stay in my house." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. Live video podcasting. Sorry, folks. I only had one hand. That's all right. <laughs> I just realized she's behind me and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice anything. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Well, I've been trying to get her out of the house at least once a day since this all began. And today I was like, do you want to go to the park today? And she said, no. And I'm like, all right, every now and then it's okay to just take a day and just play on your tablet all day. Except now it's bedtime and she's, Wired up, wide awake, and wired, and yeah, yeah. So, sorry about that, folks. No, that's fine. So, <laughs> we're, we're the we're... best. <laughs> my, my my child is sixteen, and she's going to walk in here probably in a minute and go, "Oh, Dad, <laughs> oh, Father, you're on the podcast again." Yeah, mine's eighteen. But I don't think and... she'll just be in a pair of panties. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> my uh, my daughter's eighteen, and she's uh She's home because they've canceled college. I mean, they canceled. It's just all online, yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah. she's um, she's doing the same thing because the governor announced last night, you know, Governor Memo. Yeah, <laughs> our stay-at-home orders and everything. And she's like, I don't know if I can just sit here all the time. I need to be able to go places. I was like, No, you you need to survive <laughs> the the outbreak. Let's 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 worry about that. <laughs> But we are recording this episode. Okay, go ahead. I was going to make a a, 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 a a random tangent, but go ahead. No, I mean, if you got a tangent, go for it. Oh, quick tangent. My my child, whom I just spoke of, is going to be an epidemiologist. So okay. she's kind of getting real life experience now. Yeah. <laughs> what, what she wants is uh, she just really wants to own a hazmat suit. So <laughs> they're not comfortable. <laughs> well, from what I've seen on online and stuff, you can make one out of a garbage bag and some duct tape. No, you can't. <laughs> People may think they can. Maybe some shopping bags and <laughs> and a scarf. <laughs> when I was in the Air Force, we had a we we had a drill one time that was a a, a biological attack drill, and so we had to wear our mop suits, which is basically the military. Uh, chemical, biological, and nuclear uh, attack protection suit. Mm-hmm. Nuclear isn't fallout. It's not going to protect you from a blast. <laughs> right. right. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's all, and it's probably different by now, although actually knowing the military, maybe not, because I got, I got out in 91, so we're sort of 94, so we're talking a long time ago. Um, and damn, thinking of the 90s as a long time ago hurts. Um, <laughs> but it's you know it's pants and 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 a and a jacket and gloves and an over jacket and a gas mask and a hood 
and all of it is like three or four layers thick with a charcoal layer in the middle of it. And when you first put it on, it's fun because you're like, I am a spaceman. Ooh, it's, you know, it's, you know, like something out of a sci-fi movie. But you, once you put it on, you're in it for like 12 hours on, on this Ooh. drill. And it was not fun after about an hour because even in an air conditioned building, you were getting really overheated and we still had to do our jobs. And this was like August in North Carolina. So, yeah. you know, we had to go out and fortunately I worked the three to 11 shift. So at least I was, it was nighttime when I was out on the flight line working on planes and stuff, but man, it was not in any way enjoyable after the first 15 minutes and the novelty wore off. <laughs> <laughs> My wife just commented that Howie Mandel has a hazmat suit. Why not? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Howie Mandel has money to burn. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, so we're recording this episode live on Facebook and I want to welcome anybody that's watching right now. Feel free Hi, to Facebook. join the conversation. If you want to leave comments here on the page. Uh, and if you want, I mean, we can add up, we can have up to six people in each chat. So if you have a camera, and a mic or a cell phone, even, you know, let me know and I'll shoot you a link and you can, you can join for a few minutes if you want. We'll do like a call in show or something like that. But, um, we're starting a series here on the show where we're going to talk about our favorite movies and TV shows that either were made in or took place in the various states that the different hosts are from. So this week we're going to be all it's movies and TV shows that either took place in Alabama or were uh, made in Alabama. And that's my state. That's Joe's state. Uh, that's John's home state. John's not here, but, uh, as the weeks go on, we'll do an episode about Florida. We'll do an episode about Washington DC. We'll do an episode about Texas, you know. And, and, and go through. We may even some of our uh, guest hosts that, that come on from time to time, Scott, uh, Chris, we may add their home states as, as we go along. So Florida uh, may take a few shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been more than a few shot here, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that, uh, we'd start by playing a little game. So I'm going to try and create a different game for every one of these shows that kind of incorporates the state that we're focusing on. And, uh, tonight being Alabama, I have this one and I, I think it's actually going to be pretty easy, which is why I'm not even going to bother keeping score. We're just, <laughs> we're just, just going to have fun with it. Uh, I'm going to give each of you guys some words and some phrases that are heard frequently here in the South. And you give me the best definition that you have for that. And hopefully the definition will be somewhat close to what that word or phrase is actually supposed to mean. And maybe we'll come up with some new ones tonight. I don't know. We'll see. So, and we'll take, we'll take turns. And, you know, if I ask one of you one, which Joe, you're from Alabama, you've probably heard many of these. And, and Rick is not, I mean, Florida is the South, but not really the South. It's the Northern South. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you go, you go so far South that you're actually North <laughs> at some point. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the first one is, um, Rick, what is the definition of a come-to-Jesus meeting? Uh, that's when you sit someone down and inform them of the reality of the situation that they're really not grasping. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the final and unpleasant attempt to correct behavior before dire circumstances 
our consequences are enacted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Joe. These first few are going to be phrases, and we'll get into some just words in a few minutes. Uh, Joe, what does it mean to say that his cornbread ain't done in the middle? <laughs> um, it means when um, another another um, way to say that would be he just ain't right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or he needs a talking to. <laughs> you- uh, it could be his uh, this person's um this person's intellect and or behavior are um not a pro- the, the, the they are not up to community standards yeah yeah questioning the mental capacity uh yeah another way to say it is just that boy ain't right <laughs> uh rick what does it mean if you say act like somebody <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before. You haven't heard that one, okay. Joe, you know what it means to say act like somebody? Uh going uh, uh tagging along with the previous definition, it's someone whose cornbread is done in the middle. Well, it is when you tell somebody to act like somebody, you're telling them to have some self-respect or some dignity. Yes. Act like, oh, well, you need to act like somebody, you know. Um, okay, Joe, this one's for you. What does it mean if you say, ain't no education in the second kick of a mule? Um, give me, give me, give me that one more time. Ain't no education in the second kick of a mule. <laughs> I like it, but I have never heard You've that. You've never heard that, really. I have no, not. I heard my grandfather say that a couple of times. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I don't know if I can repeat things I heard my. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, ain't no education in the second kick of the mule. My assumption is going to be that means uh, you should have learned your lesson immediately. Right. You you but need to learn from your mistakes. Is, right. Too late. All right, Rick, what does it mean to say something is finer than frog hair? <laughs> or just the phrase finer than frog hair? Uh, um, I've heard it. I'm not quite sure of the context. I'm, I'm going to guess that it's, it's a compliment because frog hair is a very, very thin thing. So in the strict definition of fine, um, but it's like, whoa, she's pretty hot. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, I mean, basically frogs don't, they don't really have hair. So if you say that something is, if someone says, how are you doing? And you say, I'm finer than frog hair. That means you're, you're, you're very fine because a frog's hair would have to be very fine to be as invisible as it is. So, all right. Uh, Joe, what does it mean if you say you're hanging out like a hair in a biscuit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, perhaps you are acting abnormally or you are not dressed like everyone. Maybe you, you, uh, you, you wore a Hawaiian shirt to church. Yeah. You're just, you're out of place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. This one, (laughs) this one, um, 
You can't sling a dead cat without hitting the Dollar General. <laughs> that means there's a lot of them around. <laughs> there's a lot of Dollar Generals, in, in, especially in Alabama, yeah. All right, the rest of these are just words. Uh, Joe, what does it mean? What does the word mudding mean? M-U-D-D-I-N-G, mudding. The proper spelling of that is M-U-D-D-I-N, apostrophe. Apostrophe, yeah. <laughs> Mudden. Mudden, because um, a popular bumper sticker in my neck of the woods was, if you ain't mudding, you ain't living. <laughs> Which means driving your truck out in the dirt and uh, just making a mess. Especially, especially after a lot of rain, yeah. Yes. Trying to get as muddy as possible mm-hmm. Rick what is a hissy fit oh that's up along the lines of a conniption yeah. or uh, uh, lo- losing your <laughs> yeah an angry outburst or a tantrum <laughs> Joe what We're is a... a lot of those around, the- around here these days <laughs> what is a washateria oh that's where your mom and them take your clothes <laughs> When uh, the dryer broke right. or the water broke. Yeah, it's like a self-service laundromat. Yeah. Um, Rick, what is Hoppin' John? Ever heard that one? Okay. That is actually a food. That is, Joe, do you know what it is? I have eaten it, and I think I've made it, but I don't remember what. It's like <laughs> rice and beans. <laughs> It is um, a dish made with black-eyed peas, rice, onions, and bacon. I was halfway there. And it is very, yummy. It is very good. Yeah, especially with some cornbread. Mm. <laughs> Only half of us in this house would eat it because both of our children don't do spicy. Oh, um, man. But that sounds really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rick. Joe, I'm going to, I mean, I know both of you know what this is, but Rick, what is a commode? It's the potty. Mm-hmm. It's the toilet. <laughs> and Joe, there's actually probably two definitions for this word, but what does piddling mean? Um, uh, not working very hard or not focusing on your task. Yeah. Yeah, it can also mean a very small amount of something. Insignificant. Hey, I got, I ain't got just that little piddling bit of money right there. Uh, Rick, what does it mean if something is cattywampus? Means it's all out of whack. Yeah, it's askew or crooked. <laughs> Joe, what is a hoe cake? <laughs> uh. Remember, this is a family show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hose got to have cake. There's a quote from a. Hose be caking. Who, what it was, uh, Townsend. What his last name is Townsend. It was a movie called, anyway, um, John Witherspoon was in it. Anyway, the hose got to have cake, but a hoe cake is just a, um, it's, uh, it's pancakes. It's, um, like a, one pancake and a griddle, like a big pancake. It's a pancake, but it's made of it's made from cornmeal. Oh, is that so? It's oh. more like a it's more like a it's more like cornbread, and it's usually made in in an iron skillet. 
Okay. So is is it referring to a hoe as a garden implement? No, it's referring to the, to an iron pan that used to be called a hoe. There uh-huh. used to be a, an iron pan that was called a hoe that was specifically that's what they made these in. I'm learning so much. <laughs> now, I'm a lot of these are not words that I've ever used, but I have heard like going to church with some older folks and stuff. These are a lot of these are things that you haven't heard in years. Like here's one that Here's one that I have not heard since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Uh-huh. Um, druthers. Do uh, either my, one of you know what druthers used to use that all the time? What's so that? If, if I had it, my folks used to use that word all the time okay. up, up in Connecticut. You know, it's funny. Um, none of my, none of my Northern family would even imagine that this show exists. So it's safe to say I, I come from a long line of, New England rednecks. So a lot of these <laughs> things are, are stuff I heard growing up too and didn't realize that they came from this far south. <laughs> um, but uh, druthers is, is like, if I had my choice, if I had my druthers, mm-hmm. I would, I would go to the truck bowl instead of going to church. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of evolved from the work from if I, I, I would rather. And I think Druthers was a department store at one time. And I think it kind of merged. Those two things kind of merged together. Um, the Hollywood Shuffle. That's the movie I was trying <laughs> to <laughs> Robert Townsend. Right. And Spoon was in a segment. It, it was like a, uh, the guy was a, Robert Townsend is a director, but he was a, he was an, a up and coming Hollywood dude. In like the eighties, I believe the movie was, and um, it was a series of. It was kind of like UHF, but with Robert Townsend mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. Um, it was. Um, I don't know why. I must have seen it on VHS twenty times. And there's a thing with John Witherspoon where he goes nuts and he's making hoe cakes in the street, and he says the hoe's got to have cake. <laughs> oh, no. All right, I got two more. Uh, Rick, what is a buggy? Uh, baby carriage. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard it used for that, but specifically as a shopping cart, like at the grocery oh, store. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I could think of like a dozen different things that have been called buggy in, yeah. in my life. Yeah. So I wasn't sure which one you were going for. Last one, Joe. What does it mean to be in high cotton? <clears throat> Everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm you're, you're doing well, or you're successful. I'm I'm making a lot of money at the barnyard. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't the know why that. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Uncle Eli Whitney, I guess. <laughs> All right, and uh, before we get into our our uh, reviews. Here's a list of famous people from Alabama. Uh, Courtney Cox. Now, this is not the list of famous people because that list would be about as long. It would be about as long as my arm. Uh, but Courtney Cox, Channing Tatum, Charles Barkley, Lionel Richie, Hank Williams, Nat King Cole, Michael Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Lu- Lucas Black. Who, as a child, was in the movie Sling Blade. I think he's currently starring in NCIS New Orleans, or one of those shows, one of those type shows. 
Uh, he was. Oh, he until was. He was I think recently murdered on. Oh, was <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. But... <laughs> murdered because he went back to the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, is he? Is he in those movies? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, Kim Dickens. Kim Dickens. You've seen her in a lot of stuff. Most recently, she's in Fear the Walking Dead, but she was in the in the film Gone Girl. She was on Sons of Anarchy, things like that. Uh, Felicia Day. Octavia, I love Sp- her. yeah, Octavia Spencer, Laverne Cox, uh, Jim really? Neighbors, and, that and Sonequa Martin Green. Really? Yes. Awesome. All from the great state of Alabama. Have y'all ever heard Jim Neighbors sing? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he used to sing on Gomer Pyle all the time. Yeah, but it was like. <laughs> He sang like this. Exactly. (laughs) He was on an album of celebrity singers called Golden Throats. And songs were on that album. And do I have it handy? (laughs) Y'all. Well, it would always be funny when he would, uh, because after the, after the, um, after Gomer Powell was taken off the air, he did like the Jim Neighbors show for a long time. And which is like a variety show, and he would still do that Gomer Pyle shtick a lot. And he, mm-hmm. well, golly, I guess I'm going to sing a song, and then he get his guitar out and start singing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who did who did that 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 Enterprise painting? My lovely wife. Very nice. Yeah, she painted that a couple of years ago for our anniversary. She gave it to me. Boom! I found it. <laughs> Here it is. It's Golden Throats, the great ah. celebrity sing-off. Oh wow! Uh, it, 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 uh, I had it on cassette, and I found it on CD a few years ago. But uh, this is—that's how old it is. But it's stuff from like the fifties and sixties and seventies. It has. Uh, uh, you've heard a couple of these out in pop, the pop culture realm. "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds" by William Shatner. Yeah. And You Are the Sunshine of My Life by Jim Neighbors. Mm. Top notch. Okay. Also, Proud Married by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, And um, House of the Rising Sun by Andy Griffith. Oh, God. (laughs) That's a departure because he he usually sang, he usually sang gospel when he would, when he would break out the guitar. The house of the rising sun. <laughs> that's how it sounds. They and, uh, a house <laughs> in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everybody YouTube these songs after. Not now. Not now. You're watching us right now. Yeah. <laughs> Resistance um, is futile. Uh, oh, oh, here's a here's a good one. Blowing in the wind. By Eddie Albert. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is a prized possession, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Joe, you're our, uh, you're our guest this week. So. We're going to do a whole show on, we're doing to do a whole show on this album. On that okay. album. Okay. <laughs> uh, give me your first pick for a movie or a TV show that was either filmed in Alabama or took place in Alabama. Uh, well, I, I'm going to go kind of, 
the very first one I thought of, this is a very, I'm, I'm, it's a very selfish reason that I thought of it. There was a film filmed in my house. So that counts <laughs> as being filmed in Alabama. It, it, it was does, yeah. a couple of years ago uh, called It's Just a Game. And the, it's directed by Daniel Emery Taylor, who I think you've met at, he's been at Magic City Con all the time, but he's, He's a horror movie director and he was in, he was a child actor also. He was in, um, uh, Return of Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. And, uh, anyway, but he directs low budget horror movies on purpose. It's not, but he, uh, was looking for a house to film a horror movie in a couple of years ago. And I said, you know, I have a house. <laughs> And he brought his whole crew over to our house for uh, two solid days of like 16, 18 hours <laughs> of filming. They took over our house and they filmed a, a it's um, kind of a cult, a, a cult horror teenage slasher movie. Yeah. With, with like a creepy, uh, a creepy priest or cult leader and, um, they they killed teenagers in our house. <laughs> that was cool. They um here here's a disturbing thing. Um they filmed a I love okay. after they, they killed teenagers in our house. Yeah. Here's, now here's, here's the, the disturbing, disturbing part. part. <laughs> they filmed a sex scene in my daughter's bedroom. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> She can't hear it. She doesn't know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she wasn't home. Send the kid to Walmart. <laughs> the set, and I haven't watched it because I don't know that I'm ready. Just in, the in my daughter's bedroom. What's it called uh, again? It's just a game, is what it's called. Hmm. It is. It is just. It, it's just. It's. It's a low budget. It, it's. It's a good flick. It's just a. A good old horror flick. And um, so there you go. But over the course of a couple of days, he filmed part of it. There's parts of it that were not filmed in um, my house, but uh, so, uh, a chunk of it was. And that we watched him do all the, the magic of the movies. You know, they, they mixed up blood in our sink. Uh, <laughs> you know, theatrical blood. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was it was a hoot. At one point, um, there were so many cars parked in our yard. One of our neighbors, uh, me and my wife, were outside. One of my neighbors came up and said, "Oh, we just wanted to see if y'all needed anything. Did, did somebody pass away?" <laughs> no, uh, no, no. We, we're just they're just they're just filming a movie, a movie that. You probably shouldn't see. Yeah, they're <laughs> filming a horror movie in my house. They're filming a horror movie, and but the, the movie is out. Uh, he at last year's Magic City Con, he was selling uh, Blu-rays of it, and um, so yeah, it's out there. Uh, enjoy. I think you will. Twelve years ago, when I started the job I'm at, uh, one of the first things you know, I, I started in September of whatever twelve years ago it was ninety eight, uh, and that January. Um, twelve years ago was two thousand eight. What did I say? You said ninety eight. 
So have you been at the job 22 years? Ah, uh, no. 2008. I'm just too goddamn old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the dude's name. He he was a a, a fairly big Hollywood producer who had retired to Florida and was was teaching in our uh, you know, continuing education department. And he was shooting a low budget film uh, called. No, it doesn't matter. It's not good. <laughs> Starring Orlando Jones. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we built the house set on our stage and they also shot at some uh, locations around our campus. But, um, uh, the, uh, what I found out was that low budget, I always assume low budget meant, you know, like Kevin Smith level of, you know, like 10, 20, $30,000, something like that. Anything yeah. under like $2 million is considered low budget. So like uh, yeah. when you, when you say something is low budget, you get this, this impression that it's, you know, shot with a, with a, uh, you know, a cell phone <laughs> in somebody's living room, uh, you know, over a weekend or something, but no, you know, low budget can be very involved. Like, like mm. Joe found out and, I also found out why movies are so expensive because they just waste money hand over fist because yeah. you get directors who just tell you one thing one day and you set up for it and then they come in and go, no, I don't want to do that. I want you over. And then you have to readjust everything and just go crazy. And it was just, it was nuts how many people were involved in making this movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've never that, gotten to see a uh, movie being made. I saw a, a Public. <laughs> I saw a public television, an episode of public, a public television show made one time because my brother was on it. It was like a little puppet show that was on PBS. I was going to say, what did he do? It was crunches and grins. Yeah, catch a predator. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you what watching a movie being made is like. Okay, two hours of people doing stuff that doesn't make any sense, and then they kick everybody out. And then there's about 20 minutes of actual filming happening and then two more hours of them setting up for the next shot. Yeah. 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 That's why it yeah, takes right. months and months and months to make a, mm -hmm. just to get the, the filming done and then another year to edit everything. <laughs> and also something I, I cannot not notice anymore. Hmm. It's like, you know, I, I teach stage lighting and I always tell my students when there, there are some things I tell them about lighting. I'm like, I'm going to teach you this. And it's going to ruin movies and TV for you forever because you're going to be noticing this for the rest of your life. But one of the things I learned when they were doing the movie is I was watching them shoot one of the scenes and you're, you're, you know, out of, you know, out of the way of everybody. So you're, you know, maybe 20 feet away. You can't hear a word anyone saying. Next time you watch a movie, notice everybody's practically whispering. Brent Spiner is like, if you watch any of the Star Trek movies, 99% of the time, he's practically whispering because those mics are really powerful. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I come from a theater background where I'm used to people projecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was watching, and I'm, I'm like, I'm literally in the same room with the actors, and I can't hear anything they're saying. They're, they're literally whispering to each other. It's really <laughs> bizarre. What would be the first one on your list, Rick? My list? Yeah. Uh, Big Fish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now I honestly I saw it when it was in the, in theaters and I remember enjoying it. It was probably the last Tim Burton movie I enjoyed. 
<laughs> um, it, it was, you know, right before, as, as my, my wonderful British friends say, right before Burton climbed up his own ass and stayed there. <laughs> um, I, I, Big Fish was not something that appealed to me. Uh, and I honestly don't remember why I saw it. I think it was one of those things where the, the gang wanted to go see this movie. And so I tag, you know, I, you know, we were all hanging out. So I went and was pleasantly surprised at how much fun it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of a throwback to Burton's earlier style of directing and, and filmmaking where there's a lot of ambiguity. The older I get, the more I love ambiguity. And Burton used to pl- trade in ambiguity all over the place before he just decided to just start throwing buckets of blood at the camera with every film. Um, and Big Fish is great because you're never sure if yeah, it really yeah. happened or not. And it's a wonderful tale. It's a, it's a very sweet movie. Um, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details. I just remember walking out of that film with a big grin on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one that I haven't seen in a long time. I need, I, I, I need to go back and watch it. Um, the set where they filmed it. <laughs> most of it is. Go ahead. My wife just came over and she went, you cried like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw it together. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> the set where they filmed, uh, most of it is, uh, is still there. Um, it's got a lot of Ivy and weeds and mm-hmm. stuff growing up around it. But the, the buildings are still there. You can go up and people p- take their pictures and stuff. My daughter saw it not too long ago. Oh, that's right. It's about like the, the, the dad is dying or dies or so. Yeah. That, 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 that stuff does tear me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then he turns into a, fi- does he turn into a fish at the end of it? Spoiler alert for a <laughs> movie. But- <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't spoil a thing. <laughs> <laughs> But Titanic sinks too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, my first one is a series that is on Hulu. It's called Looking for Alaska. It came out last year and uh, it's based on a novel from 2005 written by John Green. Well, they're not going to find it if they're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alaska. Maybe they're going the- al- alphabetically. <laughs> Alaska is the name of one of the characters. <laughs> There's a girl in the story named Alaska. And, uh, it's, so John Green grew up in Florida, but his junior and senior year high school, he went to a boarding school here in Birmingham, the Indian Springs School. Um, and in 2005, he wrote a novel that's based on his experiences there. But in the, in the novel, he named it the Culver Creek Academy or something like that. And, uh, so it's a, but it takes place in Birmingham and, uh, it's a, it's a good book. I mean, it's a, it's a young adult novel, you know, uh, he also wrote, so he wrote this book called the fault in our stars and heard of that one. they made, oh, a, yeah. yeah, they made a movie about that. It was very successful. Then they made another movie about one of his other books Looking for Alaska was his first novel, but it just kind of sat out there and nobody really, uh, it, it had been optioned for a movie, but the movie never happened. And, uh, but then he had the success of these other couple of movies. And then finally somebody came along and said, Hey, you know what? We can make a eight episode series out of this instead of a film, 
which is a good thing about some of these, some of the, uh, all the streaming services that we have now is a lot of these, uh, films that have been on the back burner for years can finally get made because they need content for all this stuff, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and they made it into a, a pretty good series. It's, um, it's eight episodes and it's very faithful to the book. So, um, if you like, if you like young adult, uh, fiction and you like a little, a little bit of romance, a lot of people playing pranks on each other, that kind of stuff. And teenagers that are, that think that they're smarter than they really are because so all teenagers. Yeah. I mean, because the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the book is about these kids that are, they're really into like literature and stuff like that. They read a lot of poetry and things like that. And, uh, he wants to go to this boarding school away from his family because he's looking for his great perhaps. And I was like, that sounds like he's, like you said, stuck up his own ass. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's a good story. I really, I enjoyed the book when I read it and, uh, and the, the, thanks, babe. She brought me a light. <laughs> Very. Very dim compared to the flashlight, but um, but yeah, he it, ta- it takes place in Birmingham. What's that? Are you getting like? Are you? Is the back of your head burning from the the light that's to no, your right? It's just an LED flashlight. But oh. I don't know if I turn that if I turn that off. See how dark it gets in here, and I don't think this is enough. Ooh, I'm gonna see what happens if I turn my light off. What if, I turn, what if I turn this light off? Ooh. How about that? <laughs> Scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> but it, I like it. It, uh, it takes place in Birmingham. It, take, it takes place, uh, like I said, the, the Indian Springs School is a school that I used to drive past on my way to work all the time. I didn't even know it was a boarding school. I just thought it was regular high school, you know. But, uh, but it is. And that's where he went, and that's what the story's about. So, looking for Alaska, it's on Hulu. Joe, what's the, what's the next one on your list? Uh, uh, Talladega Nights. Oh yeah, I had that one on my list too. Yeah, ah, I filmed actually. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you would technically have to have filmed it in Talladega, but and I'm glad they did because I guess they could have had any racetrack. And just said it was Talladega, but they actually did film it in Talladega. And one of Ricky Bobby's children, the the two awesome kids who yeah. who run through their yard going anarchy, anarchy, anarchy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of them is from my hometown. Oh, really? Uh, of Clanton, Alabama, the heart of the heart of Dixie. I think the other one's from Pell City. Sweet. I think so. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, I'm sure they are. I hope they're both billionaires now. I don't know, but one of them is from my hometown, and uh, but that movie is just silly, okay. and, and I'm tickled to death that it, it they filmed it in um, our our little state. They filmed a lot of it in uh, in South Carolina, but they filmed for several weeks in Talladega. So, uh, and you can tell. I mean, when they're in Talladega, you know it because. Okay. I went to see that film. Listen, to me, that's not a film. That's just a movie. But 
I went to see that movie uh, at a theater in Talladega because it was like a discount theater. I think it cost like four bucks a person to go there. And uh, we drove past the racetrack to get to the theater. And at the end of the movie, when they're leaving the racetrack and they're pulling out onto the highway, I'm like, we're going to drive right past that spot. We're going to drive on that spot on the way home. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, Talladega Nights is... Is it was on my list too because it's uh you never know what you're gonna get with Will Ferrell because sometimes he makes movies like this that are very funny and very quotable but still just stupid fun you know and then he try and then he he also has movies that he makes where he tries to do a little more uh drama like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Stranger than Fiction um, yeah um... you didn't like that. And then he made movies that just makes me mad, like Land of the Lost. That was. <laughs> I actually have a, a, a side story about that. Um, David Gerald, who wrote for Land of the Lost, uh-huh. that movie is hilarious. He liked it. And I this mean, is the guy who wrote a lot of the the. He's a uh, David Gerald. He's a uh, famous. He I uh, think wrote Star Trek episodes. Yeah, he, he wrote The Trouble with Tribbles. Thank you. Yes, yes. But he was at a he was at one of my convention things at Dragon Con, and he was on a panel, and uh, he said that uh, he was afraid to see the movie. (laughs) Then, of all people, Harlan Ellison, the legendary curmudgeon who hates things, called up david and said that he had been watching it land of the lost the land of the lost movie on cable for the last 30 minutes and is laughing his head off <laughs> harlan ellison who hates everything yeah liked that movie i mean i i, but, I liked it when i saw it but i don't yeah. know i just i wanted i wanted i wanted a serious version of land of the lost a more serious than that that was just slapstick Amazing. comedy yeah dude did you look at the cast list? Yeah, I know. I know. When I, once I knew that, that Will Ferrell was in it, I was like, yeah, they're not going to, it's not going to be serious. Cause he was playing Will Ferrell. Oh yeah. Essentially. Yeah. In the movie. But, uh, eh, there you go. The but last anyway, Will Ferrell movie I enjoyed was, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But he was funny in that too. Yeah. In fact, he played Marshall, Marshall Will and Holly. Yeah, yeah, Marshall Will and Holly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rick. What's the next one on your list? The next one might surprise people who are who are familiar with my uh, internet famous dislike of horror films. Mm. But Oculus, starring Karen Gillan and also, Katie Sackhoff, yeah, is I thought it was great. Um, you know, I, I have a different take on horror films than, than horror film fans. So I, I cannot, I don't know if I can recommend it to horror fans. Cause I know that some of my friends who are really big into horror weren't that thrilled with it. Hmm. Um, but I think the, the story is great. The, the, the basic premise is it starts with a, a guy getting out of an, uh, a mental institution where he's been incarcerated for, you know, more than half of his life because he killed his father. Mm. Um, and his sister played by Karen Gillan, I forget who, who, uh, who the, the, played the boy, man, whatever, uh, picks him up 
and they go back to the house and there's this mirror in their house that she is convinced is possessed and evil. And he has been, you know, spent the last 20 years being convinced by psychiatrists and stuff that that's not the case and that he killed his father because he was damaged and whatever. And it just, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, yes, the mirror is possessed and evil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the story takes place in flashbacks to what happened before and her attempts to defeat the evil in the mirror. Um, and Katie Sackhoff is the, plays their mother. Uh, and I think we only see her in flashbacks. It's been a while since I saw it, but yeah. um, I, I, you know, first of all, Gillen does a great American accent. You know, it, you, you totally forget that she's Amy Pond. I think she did a great job. There are some really chilling moments in it, but I think it's a tight story. It's really suspenseful. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. And, and it was, it was, and now I, I don't know. I mean, 99% of the film is on a soundstage, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe the there was a attack break or something. In, yeah, the soundstage was in Alabama. They filmed yeah, so, it in Fairhope, which is down in the southern part of the state, close to Mobile and Gulf Shores and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which is um, they film a lot of films down there. So, yeah. um, like like the one that I'm about to talk about. Um, they <laughs> did, well, was, did either of you see Oculus? Oh yeah, I saw Oculus. Yeah, it, it was some. It was on my list too. Yeah, I really like it. It's been a long time since I saw it. But I remember liking it, and it it kind of reminds me the the way they go back and forth between when they're young and when they're adults. Kind of reminds me of the way that they did uh, this last version of it that came out that just kind of goes back and forth hmm. between uh, young. And, well, I say that the first one didn't. The second the second part did. It kind of went back and forth between the young the young and the older and all that. So, um, yeah, good movie. I like it. Have you seen it, Joe? I have not. Oculus, yeah. Good flick. Good flick. Evil mirror. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. It doesn't, it, the mirror doesn't kill you. It just makes you kill each other. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Basically. It, it's one of those ones where, where it's like you're never sure what's real and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of things. You know, like ambiguity. I like ambiguity. So it's, <laughs> it's, it really plays with reality, which I enjoy. I kind of like ambiguity. Ah! Uh, 2017 film, also filmed in Fairhope, Alabama, Get Out, which was, uh, Jordan Peele's directorial debut. Yeah. Uh, and I was really, I was really skeptical when this movie first came out because the only thing that I know Jordan Peele from is comedy. And he's very funny, you know. But, um, but this is a great movie and it's, it's, it's not scary as much as it's creepy. It's like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Uh, I think John yeah. compared it to the Twilight yeah. Zone the last time we talked about it. Yeah. And, uh, the best horror kind of holds a mirror up to the audience and lets you kind of look at, it takes a look at society, you know, kind of turns things around. And this is a, this is a movie that deals a lot with racism and really like slavery in general because it's white people making black people do things they don't want to do, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and it's, and it was filmed in the South, <laughs> you know, so, um, but it's, it's suspenseful, but coming from Jordan Peele, there's, he still mixes in enough comedy in there 
that there's there'll be scenes that are very tense and then all of a sudden something very funny will happen <laughs> you know that breaks the tension without ruining the scene you know um so yeah i recommend it get out i think is a good is a good movie you know what we've seen time and time again is that comedic actors very often really do well making the transition to dramatic pieces mm-hmm. because comedy is way harder than a lot of people realize and you have to understand timing and what motivates people in order to be really funny it's not just going <laughs> you know there, there, <laughs> yeah. there's a place for that but you know like over the years how many you know alan alda carol burnett mary tyler moore you know actors who were amazing in comic pieces and then doing just incredibly moving harrowing dramatic pieces and yet st- and and the opposite does not always hold true there's been a lot of times where we've seen dramatic actors try to be comic uh, do comedies and are just terrible at it because they mm-hmm. just don't get it yeah um so i'm not you know i have not seen get out people keep trying to convince me to see it um you know i it, again don't like horror uh and and it was it was at least marketed as a horror film. Yeah, and I know I, I that the last time. I think it's one that you'll like because it's not. For one thing, it's not gory. Well, and, it, uh, that's ahead. a misunderstanding. I don't care about gore. Blood doesn't bother me. It's it's suffering that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get a lot of horror without some suffering, but exactly. <laughs> but I know one of your big things is is seeing uh, kids in danger, and there's not any mm. of that in this. You know, so that's a plus. Yeah, there, there seems to be a real push towards, like everyone said, how great the Babadook was. I'll never see it. I don't think I've seen it, that. I don't think I've it, seen that. I don't. Yeah. And it, forget it. No way. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I, I have a soft spot for it just because I I remember watching the uh, the original when I was a kid mm. and uh, and reading the book. I've been a Stephen King fan my whole life and everything. So yeah, but again you know what you're getting into when you go see it because it, everybody knows that story. You know, everybody knows what you're going to see when you go see it. Actually, so. I don't. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of cool with that. Okay. <laughs> back. Like I made the mistake of looking at, cause uh, I heard uh, friends of ours, uh, Boz and, and Gogsy do a show called the little pot of horrors. And mm-hmm. they talked about uh, the mist Mm-hmm. Which is based on a Stephen yeah. King short story, and I like to listen to the. I, I listen to the show because they're friends of mine, and but they they will often they don't want to spoil films that I will never see, and so I'm like, tell me, tell me, spoil it. I want to know what's happening, but I'll never watch the movie. And they were talking about the mist and how how you know how they. I guess they had just there had just been a remake of it, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll I'll just look it up and see what happens. And just reading the damn Wikipedia article on what happens in that movie messed me up for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. And that was a departure from the book. Cause that's not how the book ended. But, oh really? Okay. Yeah. But, and, but Stephen King likes that ending better. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I, no joke. A couple of days ago, I feel like me and my wife made a, uh, Bad call in uh, rewatching The Stand. Why did we do that? <laughs> <They> do <laughs> in this climate. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, that's like if you go on, if you go on Netflix right now, two of the trending films are Contagion and Outbreak. I'm like, mm, why are you people weird. watching this right now? <laughs> uh, okay, Joe, what's the next one on your list? Forty-two. I didn't know that was filmed in Alabama. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Okay. Wait, not, not not Boutwell. Boutwell is an auditorium. Rickwood is the stadium. And it's about uh, what is the the player Jackie Robinson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may not be his actual the carrot the the uh, the yeah yeah it's it's Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. But it's just a good old fashioned baseball movie. And I was working at the Birmingham News at the time, so I was only a couple of miles away from where they they filmed it and uh they some of my co-workers were extras in the movie they got to wear like 1920s fashions with like the ball caps and that kind of thing and they decked out this old this old baseball stadium Rickwood as it was at that time and the guy playing Jackie Robinson is uh the future Black Panther mhm yeah Boseman and so oh. that uh, uh, that was uh, the first um, seeing him now as a big shot Marvel superhero is pretty cool. Well, Lucas After- Lucas Black is in that movie too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, because I remember there's a scene in that movie between with uh, Bozeman and, and Lucas Black, and uh, they're getting ready. To, they're getting ready to hit the showers, and Luke <laughs> Lucas Black's character is wanting to make sure that he knows that he's not racist, and he he accepts him, and he says, "Hey." You want to take a shower with me? <laughs> he said, "What do you mean? I mean, not like that." <laughs> yeah, uh, Rickwood gets used uh, for films quite a bit. I think they filmed uh, part of the the Ty Cobb movie that Tommy Lee Jones made. Was they did. Yeah. I, I think I remember that happening too. And it, I, it seems like they filmed part of the Babe with uh, John Goodman. I think they filmed part of that there too. But that seems familiar. But but uh, but I forty two was kind of a uh, we, we made a big deal out of it mm-hmm. in the downtown area where there was nothing happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in at that time, there's a few more things now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, uh, the Birmingham downtown was desolate, and I worked there. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was fun to work in a ghost town uh, for <laughs> for those years. But the uh, but and 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 the Rickwood Stadium. I I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. I know it. It's Rickwood. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, uh, it um, it's not used very often. So the fact that it got used and they decked it out and did a whole production on it, that, that was, that was a, a neat thing. I don't think today, like even after the movie is over, I don't think they used it, used it much after that either. But anywho, it got a good flick. What was filmed there. So they were using it once a year to do, um, to do like an, like a throwback game and the Barons would go and they'd wear their old time uniforms and stuff for one game and, Oh yeah, 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 and stuff like that. I don't know if they still do that or not, but Field. That's why it didn't sound right to me. Oh, Rickwood Field. Yeah, that's right. That's right. America's oldest baseball park. Rick, what about you? What's your next one? Uh, we're going to go back a long way, and uh, a classic film 
To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. Yep. Was filmed in Alabama. Um, now I had never seen this movie. Uh, actually, for... actually, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you. It wasn't no. filmed in Alabama. It took place in Alabama. But every they, list I looked at that said movies filmed in Alabama, it was on there. It was, well, what it was, was it, uh, uh, when she wrote the book, I'm, I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but when she wrote no, no, the no, book, please. she based it on, uh, a court, the courthouse in Monroeville, Alabama. But when mm-hmm. they went to go, they wanted to film it there. When they went to film it there, the acoustics were terrible. So ah. they went back to Hollywood and they recreated it. Now they did, they, they may have filmed some of the exterior scenes there, but the, the biggest part of it, the, the courthouse part that a lot of people think was filmed in, in that courthouse was actually filmed in Hollywood. The internet lied to me. <laughs> like I said, they, they may have got some exterior shots and stuff there. So that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> okay. They, um, the, she she wanted to film it in Monroeville, where where she's from. This but, is Harper Lee, by the way, folks. Yeah, Harper Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they, um, like you said, they filmed it in a Hollywood backlot. But they used the actual court. They they recreated the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the the audio quality was bad. And um, but they um, now uh, today the courthouse in Monroeville is a theater. Um, where they, they, it's like a museum and they do plays there and that kind of thing. And I'll bet the acoustics still so. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they did. They have probably haven't fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> now the, there's, there's a, a, a story, uh, that goes along with, with my experiences with this film. Um, and this is a film. It's a film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Capital film. It's a Gregory Peck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gregory Peck is Atticus Finch. Uh, it's a brilliant film, folks. If, if you haven't seen it, you should. Um, and there's a Star Trek tie-in. Brock Peters, who played, uh, Admiral Cartwright in The Undiscovered Country and, uh, Joseph, Joseph Sisko, Ben Sisko's father in Deep Space Nine was the young black man who was being tried for, oh, okay. for rape. Wow. All right. Um, I, and, and he gives, I mean, He's amazing. You know, we, we saw him, you know, we're more familiar with him at the end of his career, but his performance in To Kill a Mockingbird is so moving, is so incredible. Um, you know, he was great just from right out of the gate. He was an amazing actor. Um, 13 years ago, I took a teaching job at a, uh, a, a performing arts magnet high school because for some reason I thought teaching high school would be easier than teaching college. All of you teachers that are listening right now, stop snickering. <laughs> um, it was a mistake. I admit that freely. I ran screaming back to the ivory tower and nailed the door shut, and I'm never coming back out. Um, but uh, uh, I, I was teaching at this performing arts college. as I was their technical director. And 10 days into the semester, they decided that our uh, enrollment figures weren't high enough and terminated my position. But because I had a contract, they couldn't just fire me. So I had to go to a a job fair, for all intents and purposes, with a bunch of other people whose positions had been eliminated, but they weren't fired. And I had to go to this, this auditorium 
and stand in a line. And then they, they got to me and they're like, all right, you're going to this other high school and you're going to teach drama and English. And I said, I haven't even taken an English class in 20 years. You want me to teach English? <laughs> yeah. I am not in any way qualified. And they're like, I, I, I said, you, 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 you want me to do this even though I'm not qualified? Yeah. <laughs> or you can quit. <clears throat> and quitting wasn't an option. So I went to this other high school. Now, uh, you know, I was, uh, so I get to this other high school and I went from having an office and, you know, specific, I had half a set built at the previous school. You know, we were getting ready to do ragtime. And um and I get to this other school and they, you know, they they have a gymnatorium. Yeah. <laughs> I I my my office is a desk backstage uh and and I have to teach English classes and they hand me to kill a mockingbird and say this is the book they're working on. I'm like I've never even read it. What the hell am I supposed to do? And so I watched the movie. And very long, unpleasant story short, the, 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 the administration at the, the performing arts school finally got me back to where I was originally, which was only marginally better. <laughs> that's a, that's a long, <laughs> unpleasant pale. But I tell you what, anyone that teaches elementary or high school, uh, deserves 10 times what they're making plus, plus battle pay. <laughs> uh oh man it was just it was a nightmare uh public school teachers my, my hat my skull my brain is off to you you guys do not get anywhere near the recognition or compensation you richly deserve um i ha i and i had i i proctored the the uh the the, the state school test whatever the hell it, it used to be um fcat i think is what they called it um and like I had one freshman who had to leave early because she had to go to a parole hearing. <laughs> you know, it, and, and, and that was just like the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the, the element, public school teachers are so, oh, I don't even, I, I can't. I don't, Have you I ever seen even. the movie 187? I think you might no. be Samuel L. Jackson from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes, so, you know, it takes a very special mindset and and fortitude to you know you know to serve with love you've ever seen that movie to serve yeah you, i'm sure you've heard the song <laughs> um you know to to go into the you know this classroom and i chained a student to his chair one day because he was just he wouldn't sit the fuck down <laughs> now you wind up on the news if you do <laughs> <laughs> um you know i i, I, I um no, if I start telling the war, the, the war stories of that, we'll be here all night and you'll have to bleep half of it. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, that's when I first saw to, to, to kill a mockingbird. Remember the, the, to kill a mockingbird? Um, I still never read the book. I, I was only at this other school for like 10 days. Um, but it, it just, it felt like two years. It was, it was horrible. Uh, but I did watch the movie, which I never would have otherwise. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's not in my wheelhouse. I generally stick to science fiction and, and fantasy films. Um, but it's a really, really, really good movie. There's a reason it always shows up on the best movies of, of all time list. It belongs there. It's a classic, and I highly recommend it to everybody. And the, the screen debut of Robert Duvall as Ooh. Boo Radley ah. in that movie. That was his first uh, film film role. Um, one of my favorite stories about 
To Kill a Mockingbird is more about the book than the movie, but Harper Lee wrote this incredibly moving book that a lot of us are required to read every, when we go to when we're in high school. And it's really the only thing she ever wrote. That was it. And she was not prepared. Yeah, she was not prepared because she was very introverted. And she was not prepared for the accolades that that book brought to her throughout her entire life. And, I mean, people would come up to her and just expect her to give them words of wisdom because they thought that she she must know a great de- She must have a great deal of knowledge to be able to put pen to paper and To Kill a Mockingbird comes out. And uh, she accepted my favorite story. Uh, the librarian at my school told me this story, said that uh, she accepted some award. And when they got up to introduce her and present her the award, the guy that presented the award gave about a 10-minute speech about what the book meant to him, about the life of Harper Lee, yada, yada, yada. Like I said, 10 minutes. Introduces her, presents her the award. She walks up to the microphone and says, Thank you very much. And then turns around and leaves. <laughs> There's like no interviews with her. Yeah. And until the sequel that she wrote <laughs> came out a few years ago. Yeah. She, she wouldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. It was. And isn't she dead? Oh, uh, yeah. She died. Yeah. 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 A, uh, another Birmingham news story, but the way. Not, not we, not me, but the, the staff constantly tried to get her to submit to an interview. And one of our writers wrote the story about being rejected for, from getting the interview about the rejection was so nice and so polite and her journey to Monroeville to try to get Harper Lee to speak to her was such an epic episode. <laughs> She wrote a whole thing and uh, still didn't get the interview. But yeah, yeah, she got a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one on my list is from 1994, Forrest Gump, starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, a lot of other folks, Sally Field. Um, so this movie was not filmed in Alabama, but it, a large portion of it takes place in Alabama. Uh, it's it's very clear that Forrest's home and where he feels like he belongs is Greenbow, Alabama, which there Greenbow, is Alabama. Yeah. There's no such place as Greenbow, Alabama, but <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies. I watch it at least once every, uh, every few, every few years or so. I think that one of the things I like the most about it, I became a, I became a Tom Hanks fan after watching this movie and not necessarily because of his performance in this movie, which I thought was great. But after the movie was, after he finished the movie, after the movie came out, they tried their best to get him to make a sequel because the movie made so much money and he wouldn't do it because he said, look, there's nothing, yeah, (laughs) there's nothing that we can do in a sequel that's going to make the movie that we made better. So there's no reason to do it, you know, and they even did like they did with Jurassic Park where they went to the guy that wrote the book. Winston Groom wrote Forrest Gump and they had him write another book just so they would have a book to be able to make a movie out of or to make a movie and slap that title on it anyway. So he wrote a book called Gump and Company and it was very meta because it was about the real Forrest Gump that they made a movie about and 
he meets Tom Hanks in the book. What? <laughs> and they, they bounced around ideas. They, they were going to make the movie without Tom Hanks. I think Martin Short's name was bounced around a couple of times. Thankfully, it, thankfully it never happened because it, what we get is this, this almost perfect movie because it's just, it's just self-contained in this one film, you know, without any of the Hollywood junk that usually comes along with sequels and prequels and, and this and that. So, um, they, they do this thing in a lot of films that are set in Alabama and in the South in general, where they want to show a lot of weeping willows and Spanish moss hanging out of trees and stuff. And you don't get that in, I mean, unless you get way down South, like close to Mobile, you get more of that over in Georgia, like in the Savannah area and stuff like that. So really they want to say that their movie is set in Alabama, but they want to film it in Georgia. <laughs> and they filmed a, a big chunk of this in South Carolina. They actually built that house that was Forrest Gump's house. They built that house, but they didn't put a foundation on it because they were just building it to make a movie in it. So the house isn't there now. They had to tear it down when the, when they were done. So this huge, this huge, beautiful house and it's just, it's gone. So. But, you know, it's funny whenever I, I hear, you know, cause I'm, 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 I was born in upstate New York and then I grew up or I lived in Connecticut till I was 12 and then we moved to Florida and I've been in Florida since then. And so I kind of have this dual Yankee slash Southerner yeah. mentality. And like, I've lived in the South Grant, you know, we've already talked about whether Florida is actually the South or not, but you know, <laughs> I've lived in the Southern part of the U S long enough that a lot of those cliches that everyone else thinks about the South, I forget about until I see them in a movie. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff isn't real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of characters that, uh, uh, that talk like our governor does. <laughs> Hello, I'm welcome to ass. welcome to <laughs> no, I'm I'm from Montgomery. Hush your mouth, you know that kind of that kind of foghorn leghorn Colonel Sanders talk, you know. For instance, uh, Jeff Sessions, the way he talks, uh, people think that that's how people from Alabama talk, and that's an that's a, that was an accent a hundred years ago, I think. <laughs> I think Jeff Sessions, I think he's putting on an act when he, when he talks like that, but, cause I've never met anybody in real life that talks like that. So. Well, Kate McKinnon does him better Who? than Kate McKinnon on SNL. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> this awful person. <laughs> and that political moment with Joe Crow. <laughs> All right. Joe, you got any more? That was that was my list. I Alabama doesn't have a megaton of of things that like for example the movie I was just a couple of notes about some other things. Uh Close Encounters of the Third Kind apparently filmed something he, here. And all the all that I knew about that was that a one of the child actors uh, is, um, uh, he, uh, worked, his wife worked at the Birmingham News with me. And, but I didn't know they filmed any of it here. 
And on the opposite end of that, the movie Sweet Home Alabama, not filmed here. Mm -hmm. I think that was the one that Virginia wrote and wanted me to add to to mention with Sweet Home Alabama. But yeah, it wasn't filmed here. Uh, And I don't. I don't. Rec- I don't think they actually got the Leonard Skinner song for the movie, did they? I don't. I don't remember hearing it. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and then you've got uh, you name a movie that maybe that's job one on the list of things. Leonard Skinner said, "Might have said no. You can't have it." <laughs> maybe let's check with Skinner. Maybe let's check with the Skinners. <laughs> or they might have been offered exposure. And they said no. <laughs> <laughs> no. We got enough of that. Mm. Um, there's there's other movies that didn't make my list, but like um, Under Under Siege Two. Well, I think it was Under Siege Two. How do I know the names of sequels off the top of my head? But I can't think of. I think. Jackie Robinson. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the second one that fi- was filmed on the USS Alabama in Mobile. Or at least portions of it was filmed on that ship. Uh, Rick, did you have any more? Uh, I, well, I had Close Encounters, uh, and I was just as uh, puzzled as to how, where, which. Uh, but um, you know, one of my great heresies is I don't really think Close Encounters is that great of a movie, so I have only seen it a couple of times. I, I just think it's long and boring. Yeah. Um, but uh, a. a, a a film that I did enjoy greatly that was set in Alabama was Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, retired Extremely Dangerous with, uh, oh, yeah. with Bruce good. Willis and um, was Willem Dafoe in that? Yeah, he, he was the bad guy, right? Yeah. And Helen John Mary. Malkovich. He's the bad uh, guy, but, except Aquaman. Um, but my, my favorite was, you know, Helen Mirren with a machine gun. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. <laughs> I just loved her so much in that movie. Uh, the, the sequel wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But the, the first one was just sheer genius. I haven't and, seen uh, the second one. Oh, it's good. You don't, too. You don't need to. It's, I mean, it's fun, but it's, it, it does not capture the, the, the same just joy of like, Fuck it, we're old and we don't care. <laughs> Pardon my French, but uh, no, sorry, no, no, you can't. Um, Malkovich is just nutso. He just mm-hmm. he just like takes the scenery, and just yeah. <laughs> for the entire movie. He mm-hmm. is great. It, it's a good, good flick. Yeah. The only other one that I had, I mean, I had several more, but we talked about them. Um, fried green tomatoes. From 1991 was set in Alabama. It was set in Alabama, but it wasn't. I don't think any of it was filmed in Alabama. Well, um, it had uh, Kathy Bates and Jessica Tandium among others. No, but I've met her. Jessica Tandy. Jessica Tandy. Yeah, she and uh, and her husband Hume Cronin. Uh, when I was an undergrad at Florida Atlantic University, they were our eminent scholars one year. And oh, okay. so I met both and they were very wonderful. I didn't, as a technical student, I didn't get to work with them as closely as the actor acting students did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were very, very nice people, especially Jessica. Nanny. She was just sweet as pie. Mm-hmm. It was just before, uh, batteries not included came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And so when that movie came out, we were all like, we know that, we know them. And then, and then of course, you're bawling your eyes out at the end of the film. But, uh, but yeah, they're very, very nice people. It was, it seems weird that they didn't film any of the movie in Alabama because, well, Fanny Flagg is the author of the book. And she like used game to be shows, a, Fanny, Fanny Flagg? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. She used to be an anchor on one of our local news channels here in Birmingham. And she went, she went one day and asked for a raise and they wouldn't give it to her. So she quit, moved to New York and became rich and famous. And, <laughs> and, um, like you do. Yeah. She wrote this book that takes place in, um, Anders, I think it was called Andersonville, Alabama or something like that. No, it was the name of the, of the town was Whistle Stop, Alabama. And she was using, for inspiration, there was a restaurant in Irondale, Alabama, which is about 15 miles from where I'm sitting right now. Oh, yeah. Um, called the Whistle Stop Cafe. It was right next to the train tracks. And, uh, yeah. that not, sounds like a song lyric. It's not there anymore, <laughs> I don't think. I think it, I think it closed. It, I, I feel like my mom ate there like a year or two ago oh, okay. and was disappointed. She said, after all this build up, yeah. well, we're so and I said, I was just like, Ugh. I ate there once or twice. I'm, I, you know, here's, here's my Southern confession. I don't like fried green tomatoes. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I, I've I've had them, and yeah, they're not that. It, My mother. I guess it depends them. on what you the batter you make. You know, yeah. it's like anything. It's it's an excuse to eat the batter. <laughs> yeah, so what's inside yeah. doesn't matter. My mother loved them. My wife loves them, but um, but yeah, that that's what they're famous for. They made fried green tomatoes, and so that's what the the book was called: Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. And that's you know that's where the movie came from. Um. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. It's it, it's it's full of comedy, drama, romance, mystery, murder, maybe a little cannibalism. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Whistle Stop Cafe is open. Oh, is it? Okay, it may be owned by different people now. I uh, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> but it um uh. It's open for takeout right right now. Yeah, right now you can't you can't dine in right now. I have one more that I wanted to mention, um, and the only reason I'm putting it on my list is because it's the first, as far as I know, it's the first full action movie that was completely filmed in Birmingham. Uh, Line of Duty that came out last year. It's got Aaron Eckhart in it. I saw this movie. Uh. It's okay. The story is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But because the story is basically Aaron Eckhart plays this uh, cop that um, he. Is that the guy that played Harvey Dent in the the Nolan Batman? Yeah. He chases down this guy at the beginning of the movie. He's chasing down this guy and. I forget what crime he had committed, but anyway, the guy that he's chasing gets killed in the chase. Come to find out that the chief, the chief's uh, daughter has been kidnapped and she's currently in like a tank of water that's filling up with water 
and they have to find her within an hour. She's going to die. And the guy that Aaron Eckhart just killed is the only one that knows where she is, you know, good job. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the, the chief is played by one, one Carlo Exposito that plays on breaking bad and better call Saul played Gus. Um, anyway, it's got a lot of, pretty good uh, actors in it. There's also like this, this stupid B plot of um, this girl that um, belongs to a, an online news agency or something like a startup news agency. And she ends up following Aaron Eckhart and is like live blogging everything that he's doing, you know? So the entire city is able to watch everything he's doing. But the action scenes are really good. It's got some really good car chases. It's got some really good fight scenes. And all of that stuff was filmed in downtown Birmingham. I remember them closing the streets down so that they could flip a car over and then slide it down the street one day and stuff like that. Usually that happens. They don't close anything. Yeah. (laughs) But the weird thing is that all of that, all of that's filmed in Birmingham. Uh, you actually see, one of our TV stations in, in Birmingham is uh, Fox 6. You see their news truck in one of the scenes, but they never say that the movie is in. No, nobody in the movie ever says Birmingham. They never actually say that they're in Birmingham, you know, which is I thought was strange because basically the movie is set in unnamed city, you know, but... <clears throat> If you're from Birmingham, you recognize everything. So, uh, so you're watching these car chases and stuff and they're passing by stuff that you see all the time, you know, and it's, that's kind of weird, you know? Um, but it was, I mean, like I said, if you like action movies, if you like movies that have lots of really good car chases and fight scenes and stuff like that, you'll probably find a lot to like in this movie. If you like really good plot lines, you probably (laughs) won't. (laughs) So. Can I say something? Sure. Um, I am not from Alabama, uh, like like to <laughs> like all of y'all are, except uh, Virginia. I um, I have visited Alabama several times, and while Alabama certainly gets its uh, its fair share of bad press, and a lot of it is well deserved. Thank uh, you. From a from a uh, you know a, a a governmental standpoint, mm-hmm. every experience I have had in Alabama, and most of it has been in either Mobile or Birmingham, has been incredible. You know, it, it's kind of like where you can you can despise an organization but love the members below a certain level, mm-hmm. like Catholic Church, uh, <laughs> in, my, mm-hmm. in my my case. Um, people I have met from Alabama, present company included are some of the warmest, friendliest, most helpful people. My first exposure to Alabama, other than just someplace to drive through on my way to somewhere else, uh, you know, right. Take an I 10 across to like Louisiana or Texas. Um, I went to a, a theater conference in mobile. Uh, and actually my wife and I, it was, it was the, we were dating at the time. Uh, we were going to a theater conference at the, at the convention center in downtown mobile, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and we were trying to, we were on our way there and like, we were crossing a big street and this, this, this convention center is on a river. I'm not sure which river it is. Um, 
or some body of water. It may not even be a river. Uh, and we got across the street to the median and it was like, you know, a four lane, uh, road on in either direction with a fairly large median. And we're standing there and we, and we have, you know, name tags on cause we're on our way to the convention and we're waiting for the light to turn green again to cross the other side of the street. And just a, a, a dude in his car was like, Hey, where are y'all from? And, and we're like, we're, we're from Florida. And it's like, what are you here for? We're like this convention. Oh, well, Welcome to Mobile. And then he just drives <laughs> off. And I was like, that was the nicest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> there was, a, you know, there was no reason for it. He could have just sat there in his car and not said a, said a thing. And, you know, we went to like a Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee. And they were just, you know, as as sweet as could be. Just wonderful, warm, nice people. I would probably, you know, not choose to live in Alabama because, some, you know, like I said, the, the policies aren't the best. But. The Alabamians, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Is, is sure. that even a word? Sure. Uh, that I've met have been some of the most wonderful people on earth and I salute you all. <laughs> did any, did, did anybody ask you, uh, how your mother was? They, that, that they'll say, how you mom in them? You know, <laughs> <Her mom and laughs> they- <laughs> or when you leave an establishment, uh, no, they'll say, y'all heard- come back now. You hear? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I think the main, that's the main problem with Alabama is that we have politicians that have been politicians for a very long time. And, uh, you can send an honest man to Montgomery and he's going to come back crooked. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just, that's just the way it is. Although um, actually shortly after you and I met Sean, mm-hmm. I interviewed for a job just south of Birmingham. I remember and, you telling me about that. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't get it, but. You know, it, it, it was not off the table. I, you know, we, we, it, if I, if I had gotten the job, we would have moved to, to, to Alabama. So, you know, but if a job comes up in Alabama and it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I've got. Um, I guess that's going to pretty much do it for us this week. I want to thank, uh, Joe for being here. Thank you, Joe. Uh, tell, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, let's see. I'm on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Yojo Crow, Y-O-J-O-E-C-R-O-W-E. And on the Facebooks, uh, you can find me on Facebook, but I'm also the co-director of Dragon Con's American Sci-Fi Classics track. So go to Facebook.com slash groups slash American Sci-Fi Classics. It's far enough out that we don't know if it's canceled yet so we're gonna pretend that it's still happening <laughs> until we find out different yeah last year there was a legionnaire's disease outbreak and we did the convention anyway so um. <laughs> in one of the hotels at the convention there was okay. a legionnaire's disease outbreak Ouch. and we went ahead and did it but um obviously this is a very different very much more serious thing but uh Hopefully we're still doing it. And by that time we may need time to just unwind, um, from craziness. But what we do, we, it, our little, our little Facebook page is a designated fun zone where we just talk about goofy old sci-fi movies and TV shows. So you don't have to think about your lack of toilet paper. <laughs> and, uh, as far as I know, as of right now, the convention that you and I do together in June is still on the books. 
Yeah, it yeah. Hasn't, it hasn't been changed yet. And Hoover Library uh, is uh, they're they're still planning on doing their sci-fi and fantasy fest here. Um, it's in July, so it's mm. also far enough down the road that maybe it's still happening. But I got an email from them; they're considering doing a virtual con. Yeah, if, I got the same thing. Yeah, but I that that's our family's library, and I attempted to return books there, and they said, "Please don't bring the, your books back." <laughs> <laughs> So, woohoo! No <laughs> free books. <laughs> free books for the duration. <laughs> All right, Rick. Let everybody know where they can find you. Well, when I'm not crashing on the Cosmic Potatoes couch, uh, I am <laughs> over at StarbaseCommand.net, where you can find Starbase 66 and or Starbase The Next Generation. Someday I'll settle on a title for the show. Uh, Open the Iris, our Stargate SG-1 show, and uh, Infinite Diversity, my interviewing cool people show. Uh, so there's lots of fun stuff there. And uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Or you can find me on Twitter at Admiral Marius, where I love to talk about anything, but mostly Star Trek and genre uh, shows. All right. And uh, make sure that you're checking out our other show, Star Trek All Access. We just finished our episode reviews of Picard, and all those shows are available now. We're going to start doing a new series in a couple weeks where we're going to be reviewing TOS character crossovers in other later series. So, you know, when Spock was on The Next Generation, when Scotty was on The Next Generation, stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, get that to look forward to. And uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say something. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Oh, and, out, y'all. and uh, Rick, I uh, watched Onward last night. It's on Disney Plus now. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. good. And it is good. It's a really good movie. I liked it oh, a cool. lot. So, yeah, that's something to do tomorrow. Then. I'm going to end <laughs> this broadcast. Okay, in in broadcast. Okay. We're- Did anyone ever show up to watch? Yeah, we had two people uh, commented. We were really. I didn't see any of it. Um, really? Yeah, I've got. Two comments. Oh, I didn't click on live live comments. Alan Pinion said Roman oh. Reigns when we were talking about wrestling, and um, Timothy Timmy said he loved it growing up when oh, we were talking okay. about it. So, uh, really, uh, uh, the way he phrased that though, it looks like he could have said he loved it growing up. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it growing up. <laughs> I love, you know, I just remembered. I tried to read it. I've tried to read like several Stephen King's King books and never got past. Yeah, I think I think the farthest I got into a book was The Stand, and I got maybe a quarter of the way. The, I, it, I, his writing just doesn't work for me. He's, it's not like it's bad. It's just it just doesn't. I tried to read Christine. I tried to read Stand. I tried to read yeah. It. I read The Stand for the first time just this year. Why I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but um, it's the longest book that I've ever read. Yeah. 
And I only, I really wanted to tackle it because I wanted to change the longest book I'd ever read from Battlefield Earth to oh. something else. <laughs> Did you read the, the, because when he originally came out with that book, his publisher made him cut about 500 pages out of it, which he later went back and put back in the book. So you probably read the later version. I did. I did. It was like a thousand or something. Yeah, it's, it's very thick. Yeah. <laughs> back back at the peak of my reading days, uh, when I was like running shows, so I would be sitting backstage. R- running a show consists a lo- uh, largely of boredom with very brief periods of frantic activity. And so I used to choose books by the thickness. Um, and like, that's when I was reading all of Anne Rice's books and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, her vampire books are wonderful. Um, but you know, some of them get to be pretty, (laughs) pretty big. His, uh, I mean, Stephen King is known for horror mostly, but my favorite stuff that he's written has not been horror. He's written a lot of stuff, um, like the Dark Tower series. You know, mm-hmm. that's his, that's his Lord of the Rings. It's like his version of fantasy. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I more enjoy Stephen King the person. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I love Stephen King. As yeah, Stephen Stephen King. I just, I just like Creep Show is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Stephen King is hilarious. Yeah. On- yeah. His, on interviews and on his social media and uh, but his um, I, I haven't I haven't gone out and pursued seeing or or reading a lot of his a lot of his material mm-hmm. well the last book that I read of his was um, the Dr. Sleep which was the sequel to the shining and uh, and I mean it was good but I'm when when I was a big fan of Stephen King, I was mostly the stuff that he came out with in the nineties, I think was his best. What I do like about Stephen King is that there's, he's kind of been writing in a Stephen King universe mm-hmm. where the characters are all like, they're, they're all somehow interrelated and they, they show up later, even if it's just in a bit part, like, Flag from uh, the stand is also in the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, and um, like the, there was a show that just came on, I think Hulu called Castle Rock. Castle Rock, yeah. And the Kathy Bates character from Misery is in it. Yeah, and she goes mm-hmm. to Salem's Lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's neat. I, I dig that. Yeah. So it's got and there, but in, but in in this new version of. Uh, Salem's Lot. They're not vampires. They're more, more of a body snatchers kind of kind of deal. Well, that so. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's too far. That's that. Now you're just pushing. Now you're pushing the limits of imagination. Well, alrighty, guys. Thank you for your time and enjoy Thank your you. uh, enjoy your quarantinis. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're we're when are we doing? The next all access Saturday? Uh, no, probably next week? week after that. I'm not going to record next weekend because it's my wife's birthday. Oh, okay. So right. probably the okay. week after that. That's cool. her. That's her prize. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> well, a- <laughs> yeah. 
she can't go anywhere on her birthday, so the least I can do is not record. <laughs> yeah. It's like, my birthday's at the end of this month, and I'm like, wee. Yeah. I can't take her out to dinner. I can go get dinner and bring it back here. <laughs> yeah. We can go out to eat. We'll go through the drive-thru and then sit in the parking lot and eat it. <laughs> I wonder why you're in the parking lot. I went to get takeout today, and the guy in the restaurant said, um, we were wondering why you were sitting out there. Like, cause I just ordered five minutes ago and you, you said it would be 10. That's why I was waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and uh, they're saying technically you're not supposed to eat on the property. You're supposed to get your food and you're supposed to leave. And now we got the stay at home order. So you're, you're supposed to get your food and go home. But <laughs> I, I still work in a, I still work in an essential business. So I keep, I say essential because. I work in a plant that makes things for power lines, but nothing that we are doing is for projects that are going to be put together in the next six months. They're just staying open because we have management that they need to get their bonuses at the end of the year. And so they got to get orders out to do that. So they're, they're forcing us to come in and work. So and it's, it's the electrical business, so they can say they're an essential business. Now, my second uh, job, I'm a secu- I'm a security guard. I understand why they have to stay. Security guards still, you know, g- security guards got to secure, you know. <laughs> we gotta, the doors. They just o- fling open the doors, and yeah, we yeah. gotta we gotta guard those cars. You know, it's at the desk of the the uh, car auction over here in town. So, luckily, I, I was I was already working from home as uh, I'm a freelance writer i've got like five different jobs yeah i was already at home and now just my wife who is a teacher has joined me yeah yeah so she's in the education business and well so is my child so yeah. we're all here yeah my daughter came home we went to uh we went to pick up our groceries which we bought them online but we have to go pick them up you know we went to pick them up when we got back my daughter was like I gotta go do my schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that from Sharon. You know, this was our first week of online classes and, you know, I've started, you know, gotta get up in the morning and we have breakfast at a certain time and then we start working on class. You go, I don't wanna. I'm like, honey, this is school now. So are they having class, like actual class? Yeah. Or they no, just give just them assignments sends us emails and, and posts assignments, and then she just yeah. does them on the computer. So they say so that they don't have a certain time that they have to have everything done by or whatever. No, they just, oh, no. Okay. I was I that, was wondering that would be if the, really unwieldy with third graders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wondered how the teachers were going to sit and try. And, hey, are you trying to do like a Skype call and make thirty kids <laughs> listen to you at one time? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> now that's what I'm doing with my class. Now I only have three kids in my, in my, in my class, but a lot of my colleagues were, were using, uh, they're using, uh, Google meet mm-hmm. and the school paid for a, a blanket license for all the teachers. So they can have up to 250 people in, in, in every call. Now, nobody has a class that big, but you know, yeah, yeah. some of the classes are like, you know, 25, 30 students and, uh, they're doing that. And we've been, we've been instructed if you are meeting with your classes online, you will, you know, do it at the class time to make sure you don't interfere with other teachers. Mm-hmm. So like I meet with my, my students three times a week at, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1040. Uh, and, and we have our class like normal. Um, yeah. Fortunately I'm teaching sound design, so it's all audacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
it, yeah, it's you, working really great. You, you have know? plenty of exposure I, I actually to that, wouldn't yeah. mind doing this all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it, the, you know, I was talking to somebody. I said this this whole ordeal may change some things going forward. I mean, once yeah. once a lot of industries find out how easy it is for people to do certain things from home and mm-hmm. online, it'd be very easy for a company to say, you know, if you take they can use it as an incentive to get somebody to take a job. You know, if you take this job, you're going to work two days a week from home or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, in school, I mean, a lot of schools may start doing some, some online classes. A lot of places were, were moving that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of classes that can be easily done online. Now there's a lot of classes that aren't. I, you know, one of my shop workers, one of my, my, my work study students, uh, I don't know what they figured out. He was, you know, this is his senior year. He's graduating at, or he's supposed to graduate at the end of this semester. And he was taking a ceramics class as one of, one of his final art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, credits. Um, That'd be hard and to I'm do. not sure what they're doing with that. Uh, you know, so there are, you know, and like we were, we're supposed to be, I should be at work. Well, not now it's 1115, but I should have been, wrapping up our final performance of Heather's the musical today. Yeah. And that's not something you can do online either. You know, I've got ha- a half built set sitting on the stage at work um, that, you know, we're going to do the show in the fall. Uh, you know, we were able to, to postpone it. Um, but if the summer, you know, if everything gets back to normal in time, our summer rentals, I'm going to have to get that set off the stage in enough big chunks that we can put it back together when we go back to school in September. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird world right now and it's a, you know, a lot of challenges. Uh, we've got a lot of students who are very concerned about what's going to happen with their education right now. Yeah. When my, when my son was in school, you know, my, my son has the same immune disorder that my wife does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really wanted to homeschool him, but we couldn't find a we couldn't find a homeschool program that we really liked, you know. Mm-hmm. But now you can actually sign up and do just do public school at home. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't do that then. I wish you could because that would have been that would have said for one thing it's it's public school. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah, you know. I think you pay an annual fee or something just to access the the software and stuff like that, but it's not, you know, thousands of dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, if you can do public school and do it at home, you know, I understand the social aspect. You want your kids to be around kids their own age, but there's a lot of bad, a lot of bad that goes with that too. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so. Oh yeah, I know. (laughs) We all know. Yeah. We're nerds. (laughs) We know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Yeah, it's nighttime. Yeah. I'll talk <laughs> but it's to you contact. It's human contact with yeah. people we don't see every day. <laughs> right. Well, Joe, you've been doing you've been doing some live streams, haven't you, to kind of kind of fill the time? Yeah, yeah. We we tried it, and uh, thank you for telling me about this because we just did just straight up Facebook Live, and although every bit of documentation said. You can do what we're doing now on Facebook Live. I don't know how. <laughs> they took the, they used to have a thing where if you were doing Facebook Live, like if you were doing it on your phone, and 
somebody came up, then you could click their name and you could add them to the call and then their picture would pop up in the corner. And, yeah. But and, they took that off. It's not there anymore. Yeah. And so um, what ended up happening was I just, I hosted uh, for the past two weeks, one night where we just went live on our classics track Facebook page and me and Gary, my, my, my co-director guy, we were both going to do kind of what, like the two of us, you know, like two out of the three of us, we were just going to kind of co-host it like that. And we could never make it work. So what I did is I physically called Gary on my phone and just held the phone up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you could see Gary's face on my phone. But the crazy thing was, as I was talking, he was five seconds in the past. Mm-hmm. So he was, I was hearing through his phone, me from five seconds ago. So <laughs> it, was, it was distressing. Yeah. So now I think uh, we're going to, we're going to do this next time. Yeah. This works pretty good. Like I said, you can stream it straight to your uh, group. But the thing is when somebody comments, it's like, it just says Facebook user. But you now, can always, you can you can actually look at the Facebook where it's where it's actually on Facebook. It's just your video is going to be behind, and you uh, can see who's actually commenting. You can see what they're saying, and just mute that stream and just watch it like that if you want to. Because you know what um, freaks me out about this is there's just enough of a lag that I can see myself blink, and it's bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> I try not to look at myself. I just look at you guys. <laughs> And I try not, I, I, I found myself while other people were talking, I'm like mugging and I'm like, well, I guess people who are watching this are going to be distracted by me, but hey, that's okay. Same what? here. I'm trying not to fidget too much because I, you know, when I'm not on camera, I'm like messing with my fidget spinner or playing with something. I don't sit still well and I try to keep remembering I, people can see me and I don't want to distract. <laughs> oh crap. People can see keep- me. Look at myself, and I keep saying, "God, my face looks so fat." I keep wanting to move. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the camera. What do they say? The camera adds ten pounds. Yeah, I put hair goop in my hair for the first time. <laughs> we're gonna see me today. All right. All right. I need to get off of here and like stop dominating the the living room. Uh, <laughs> Fabulous. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do something like this on our thing. Um, and, uh, you know, Sean, y'all, y'all come on over. Well, I don't know yeah. what to talk about, but, uh, oh, you know what I am going to do? I'm going to, we're going to read passages from movie novelizations. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I got a copy, uh, found a copy of a book that, uh, you interviewed Michael Jan Friedman. Yes. I found a copy of his book. Where the Star Trek cat, Next Generation cast met the X Men. I have that book in my car. <laughs> it is a delight. Yeah, I found <laughs> it. I found it. I, I read it. I read it years ago. We're in a scene together, and you yeah. can't. It's like I can eat with my bairns, and, and uh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I read it years ago, and I lost it when I was moving. No, no, my grandparents' house uh, burned down, and it was in there. Ooh. And uh, but I found a copy of it. <laughs> It burned down because yeah. of no, not because of the book. <laughs> they weren't there. They weren't in it. They, but uh, 
they uh, uh, I found another copy of it at a thrift store a couple of years ago, and it's been in my car. I've been meaning to mail it to him to get him to sign it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. He's going to be on the show. We're going to have him on the show again because we're going to we're doing this TOS crossover, and oh, yeah. uh, we're going to do the the. When we do, do the episode of uh, Relics, where Scotty was on The Next Generation, because uh, Michael Jan Freeman wrote the novelization of that episode. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, so we're going to have him on. So Okay. Fun. All right. I'll talk to you guys right. later. Thanks, Bye. y'all. Good night. See ya. Bye-bye.